Mark Twain said, the two most important days in a person's life are the day you were born, and the second is the day that you found out why. Everything in the whole world, everything that God created has a purpose, a reason, a quality. Whether we're talking about animals or plants or any part of his creation, everything was created for a reason. And you're no exception. We see then in the creation story that the crowning achievement of all of creation is mankind. And people are made on the, in the image of God. Colossians 1.16 says that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, where the thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were made by him and for him. He is our creator. And not only is he our creator, and the truth be known is that he's worthy. Revelation chapter four, verse 11, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will, they existed and were created. You were created and not just created, you were created for eternity. Every person here was created for eternity and to be a part of God's story. So if you wanna think about what the reason is for your living, you have to start with God. Today, I want you to know that you were made by God and for God, and there is nobody here that is an exception. Every person here, you are made by God and for God. Psalm 149, verse four. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. The greatest tragedy in the world is to live a life without a purpose, for the, without that reason for the one who created us, to live without that. You see, the Bible, the whole Bible is about two things. God will have a people and he will reign in their midst. That's what the whole Bible is about, beginning with Adam and all creation, all the way through the whole Testament, Jesus establishing the kingdom of God. And literally, when you see for eternity, that's what the whole of all of creation is about. God will have a people and he will reign in their midst. You see, the story of history is the story of God creating a family. Ephesians chapter one, verse five. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. It wasn't our idea, it's his will. He initiated this. He is the one who has called you. He's the one who even today, because you are here hearing my voice, this message is true for you. But he didn't just leave us alone. He also, as a part of his family, gave us what it was that we are to do. Jesus in John 13, verse 34 says, I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. 
Your love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciple. So when we love, when we do as God has commanded us, it makes us look like him when we love. When we love, another thing is God likes it when we get along. There's nothing more miserable for me as a parent than when my kids aren't getting along. Well, it's the same true for God. And it's also when Jesus tells us to love each other, it's practice for eternity. In Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees came to Jesus trying to goad him. And it was because the Sadducees had already done it too. And they asked, and there's a lawyer there, and he says, hey, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. It's very simple. Life is about love, loving God and loving others. So here's what I wanna encourage you today in this first week where we're talking about made for this. Everybody here was made for fellowship, everybody. Now I know some of you might be like, well, that's not my strong point, but I want you to know everybody here was made for fellowship because fellowship is God's antidote for loneliness. Do you remember in the creation story? The only time in all of creation when God looked at creation, he said, this is not good, was when Adam was alone. And so God's antidote for, for loneliness is fellowship. Now, it's about this time that I'm going to lose many of you. You have unplugged because you are resistant to the value of this thing, fellowship. And some of you also have unplugged because you don't like to be told what to do. I want you to know as we talk through this today that especially for guys, it's important for us to do things God's way. And I know that my pastor looked at me one time because I think as guys, we tend to really struggle with, and we think we've really fellowshiped if we pass somebody in the hallway like, hey, Joe, how you doing? Good. Yeah. Andrew Luck's out again? What's going on with that? Yeah, can you believe that? Hey, nice talking to you. See you later. And we think we've had this in-depth conversation. That's, God wants us, every person here, to know and to be known. I was watching a TED talk not too long ago by a guy that had been working for like 35 years in the business community and he was filthy rich. He's written several books and he's talked about how he experienced a divorce after 28 years. And he, had, he really had like, kind of had a meltdown. But he talked about these three lies that our culture has bought into. And that is, the first one is, career success is the most fulfilling. And he says, that's a lie. I mean, this is a secular businessman saying this. He also says another lie that our culture's bought into. He says, I can, I can make myself happy on my own. I can make myself happy. We've bought that lie. Another lie, he says, is you are what you accomplish. He says, all those are lies. But here's his point to what he was talking about. He says, we live in a day of complete availability but we are stuck in a valley of disconnection. And that's what's happened even in our culture. 
most available we are ever. I mean, we are available all the time, more available. I go fishing, I can go anywhere I wanna go. And I mean, I'm always available, but yet we are stuck as a culture in the valley of disconnection. I wanna turn the tide. I wanna challenge you today. I wanna really challenge each one of you here today to say that we are better together. Life is about learning how to love. So how do you get love flowing? How do you do that in such a culture and with all these different issues? And even in our church, how do we get love flowing? And I just want to talk to you in the time I have remaining about the way we do that. The first way that we get love flowing is that love starts with sharing. That's how it starts. It starts with sharing. It's when you come in and you know, you, you, you look and you're like, hey, how you doing, Tyler? It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you too. Doing all right? Good. Bored? Is that what the problem is? We're good. Okay, all right. I mean, that just starts, it starts with a look. Then it starts with a smile and then a little wave and then maybe you share a conversation and then you share a handshake and then you share a story, you, you share. We are living in a culture where we're not. That's not a priority. But I wanna encourage you, love starts. No sharing, no love. If there's no sharing, there's no love. Look at the early church. We look at the early church as such an incredible paradigm. Acts chapter two, verse 44. All the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we are encouraged, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. I wanna encourage you in a day where so many people think it's legalistic to consider coming to church every Sunday. Um, I want to challenge you on that. I, I want to tell you, when, if you think of church as something you get, like, hey, when I, get, when I come to church, I really like it. I like bumping into people. I like to hear the message. It encourages me. Or I like the way they do this or that. If that's the only reason you come and then you find other reasons that are better than that, then that's going to be a struggle. That's if you think all you're doing when you come to church is getting but you realize that when you come and you, or when you don't come, there are a lot of people, people that are missing your friendship. They're missing your smile. They're missing your story. They're missing what you have to share. And what do we share? Well, there's two things that we all, when we share to get love going. And that is, the first one is support. Supporting one another and, 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 and sharing that. And the second is experiences. We share support and we share experiences. We share experiences by just being together when we have these, all these experiences. And this is a shared experience even. We can talk about this. You can talk about this on the way home. You can talk about your, with your friends afterwards or something. And then secondly, support. One thing about support is interesting when you share support is that uh, when, when, you, when you have good news, and you share that with somebody, it, it's like doubled. I mean, it's like two people are now happy because of the good news, you know, it's, it's doubled. 
And when you have bad news and you share that with somebody, it's cut in half. Because it's like, hey, man, we're carrying this burden together now. I have a friend named Billy Sprague uh, who uh, many, many years ago wrote these four small, and I don't even want to call them, I'm going to call them books because they are. They have a hard book, hardback. But they're almost like a greeting book. They're these, uh, he, he wrote them long ago. And so like you give them, and it was called the Friend Series. And, and you basically... Uh, you give these out to, to your friends and there's a whole set of them and all that. Here, here's the four books. The one is, a friend should be ma- a magician, a physician, but mostly fond of fishing. That was the first one. And then the second in the uh, series is, a friend should be athletic, poetic, but most of all magnetic. Uh, the third book, a little greeting book was, a friend should be drastic, gymnastic, but most of all elastic. My favorite is, uh, is the last one. A friend should be radical, fanatical, but most of all, mathematical. And here's how the book, it's just a, it's a small poem that was kind of stretched out in a whole book, but, but here's how it goes. A friend should be radical. He should love when you're unlovable. He should, he should hug when you're unhuggable and bear when you're unbearable. A friend should be fanatical. He should cheer when the whole world boos, dance when you get good news, and cry when you cry too. But most of all, a friend should be mathematical. He should multiply the joy, divide the sorrow, subtract the past, and add to tomorrow. He should calculate the need deep within your heart and be bigger than the sum of all his parts. Those little book, that little poem always reminds me of how we together, friendship works. And we're better when we share together. It starts with sharing. And here is, and I think sometimes, isn't it interesting how uh, we get so turned off. This past week, I went out to lunch at a Mexican restaurant, and it was awful. I mean, it was really bad. And so I have made a decision, I am never going to eat again. Uh, that's stupid, isn't it? That's just dumb and silly to say something like, because y'all know that's not been true since then or ever will be probably. But the reason I say that is that's what so many of us do. We shut people off. We shut it down. Starts with sharing. Here's the second thing. Love grows in belonging. The fellowship of really belonging together, being with each other. I share with a lot of people, but I belong to two families, and that's it. I belong to this church family, and I belong to my family. And you know, in 10 years as your pastor, I've only broken, I, when I came, I said, I'm not gonna do anything else. I'm not gonna serve other places, I'm not gonna do anything else, I'm just all in here, this is all I'm doing. I don't have a hobby, I don't do anything else, this is what I do, this is my church family. 
I only had that exception in uh, being invited to be on the board at Passages, which I've served my term and I'm done, and I'm back to just here. Uh, the other thing is I belong to my family, and I want you to know I share with a lot of people, but I belong to my wife because there's a commitment there. There's a commitment to my wife. The Bible says in Ephesians 2:19, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I wanna encourage you, church is not a building, it's not a place, it is a family. And here's the one thing I am learning the older I get, people wanna be loved, not wowed. People wanna be loved. And you know what? It's important for us to be, the, to be the person and to be the people of God, the peculiar. 1 John 4.21, the person who loves God must also love other believers. It's important that we love one another. Love starts with sharing. Love grows when we belong. And then it, it grows deeper when we serve when we serve together. It's that fellowship of serving together. There's a level of love that happens when you work shoulder to shoulder with people. This is never more true than like, for example, you think about even sports teams. You know, you go through something, you go through hardship. I remember when we won the state championship when I was a freshman, we got beat on the road and there was a big time powwow right after that game. This will not happen to us again. And I mean, it didn't happen to us again. We played that team in the state championship and throttled them. And those experiences I share with about 60 other guys. It's never more true than like, for example, our veterans who serve, especially in war. They may only serve on a short window of a year or two years, but they are brothers for life. When you serve, Together, there's a deepening that happens that can't happen anyplace else. Even for us, when we have this shared experience, and I look at these students, our summer blast doesn't happen with our students. And so many of them, we're working together shoulder to shoulder. Remember those goofy games? Remember those things that we had? Remember whenever Luke jumped into the baptism or something? I mean, we, we do so many silly things that around here and during summer blast, that's the whole thing of being, it grows deeper. Our fellowship grows deeper. First Corinthians chapter three, verse nine. We are partners working together for God. And then Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. And that's true of us as a people. Many hands do light work. And for us, it's good for us to have that common goal and for us to serve together. So it's important. Here's the last thing, and, you, and you'll see this. It, it gets sealed. Our love gets sealed in suffering. And it's the fellowship of suffering together. By the way, when you think about serving together, this is why our student ministry goes on. A, we, we have a missions trips in the summer. Is there's this, this, this serving together bonds you together. There's a, something that happens when you do that together. But love gets sealed in suffering. When you serve, you do your part. When you suffer together, you give your heart. When we carry each other's burdens, that's the deepest level of love is this suffering together. 
I want you, I'll say this publicly in front of everybody, my wife and I on September the 3rd, we will been married 31 years. And I wanna say publicly, uh, we are never getting a divorce, never. We will not get a divorce. Now, here's the thing. There's two reasons for that. One is we are trying our best to be obedient to Jesus in that. God has called us together. Here's the second thing. We have been through too much together for us to give up on him. We have had too much suffering. There's too many stories. There's too many tears. There's too many problems. Too many things have happened. God's been so faithful in so many things in our life. And I know that for you today, I just want you to know that love, it helps. Love, it, it does. People People who, when we, we join in people and we belong with them and then we go through that suffering, there's something that happens. You know, when somebody is struggling and we come across somebody that's struggling or something, I don't say, hey, are you a Republican or a Democrat? You know, if somebody's in need on the side of a road, I don't say to them, hey, are, are you a Christian? Before I do this, are you a Christian? No, you just help. Now, I've got a little bit of business uh, some people asked me about doing the, uh, the service here at the church for the law enforcement uh, canine officer, Cass. And uh, some people were like, you're going to do a funeral for a dog, Johnny? And kind of questioned that. And you know what? I have to be honest with you. The, first of all, when I got the call that night, Sherry and I were driving home together. Uh, they asked if they could use the building. And I was like, course go for it yeah this is great we would love you know be a, if that's what you want do whatever you want and then when they came to me and said hey but we want you to do it I was like hey, I've never done anything like this but then my next thought was but for you guys I'll do anything I don't even know a lot of those guys personally I know some of them but I know what they do to sacrifice and serve I love them join them in your suffering that's the deepest one. Galatians 6, 2. Share each other's troubles and problems. In this way, you obey the law of Christ. And I want you to, I want to encourage you. I'm challenging you today. If you are never helping people in pain, you are simply just too busy. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to each other like a loving family. I want to encourage you today. You were made for fellowship. You were made. We are better when we're together and we have people around. And that happens and it starts with sharing. It grows when we belong together. It grows even deeper when we serve. And it's really sealed when we suffer. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you for each person here. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you today that we can depend on you. Help us, Lord, to be a people that love each other. Lord, help us to understand that you've made a way. Help us, Lord, to grow and stretch. And I pray, Lord, that you would do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine because we've been together. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you, Johnny Mac, for that. I really love that progression of how we see love deepen and serve. I'm, I'm Brad Miller. I'm an associate pastor here. I get to serve the church family in that way. And Johnny's asked me to come up today and uh, just offer some practical steps. Not going to tell you what to do, but invite you to some practical steps to take that next step in fellowship. Uh, so, so some things just today. Uh, Pastor Johnny and Sherry are going out to the fireplace. If you're new here today and you don't know many people yet, like if you've been here for three months or less, uh, meet Johnny and Sherry out at the fireplace in the lobby right after the service. They have a small gift for you if you come out, uh, but come get to know them. You know, you get to know him a little bit. Let him and Sherry get to know you a little bit. Uh, next week, during greeting time, next week, really take advantage of that time. Really, like, meet Meet somebody's eye gaze, like really connect with them. Put them in that awkward, you know, that I'm here to, to love you. I'm here to fellowship with you. I'm here to connect with you. Also next week, uh, next week connected with the sermon series is going to be our ministry fair where you can connect in a serving kind of way. You can see what, what your gifting, what your personality might connect with. Uh, that serving helps deepen fellowship. It helps it grow. Two weeks from now, I get to be a part of the group link uh, where we connect people with life groups or other kinds of groups, study groups together. Uh, if you've never been in a group or you're right now apart from a group, take advantage of that. That is, that is an opportunity for your love, for your fellowship to grow. Now, those are all a little more structured things. Uh, got a couple unstructured things for you that are maybe a little tougher, but remember, God has loved you with an everlasting love. God has loved you with an everlasting love, and that sets you up, that equips you, that, that gives you what you need to risk loving other people. So today, right after the service, if you're not going out there to talk with Johnny and Sherry, Right after the service, stand up and just do our own informal greeting time. It's not on the service order. Shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye, ask them questions, and then listen to them. And you're like, okay, Brad, you're, this is getting a little awkward right now. You're getting a little pushy. I wish Elijah was up here just leading us in a song. That'd be a little easier right now. Sorry, I love you guys. I love you guys, and I want your fellowship in him to grow. I want him to look good because of how we love each other, empowered by him. Maybe invite somebody to lunch. Invite them over to your house. Meet him someplace. Connect in ways that you haven't before. Extend yourself because you have been loved with an everlasting love. You are free to love other people. What's your next step? What's your next step? All right, after I close today, if you have a prayer need, something that you want prayed for, either connected with the service or just something you've been wrestling with this week, uh, there will be people to pray with you over here at the cross. Please just go over and make your way. They, they love to serve that way. Uh, will you stand and I'll ask God's blessing on our church family today. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with us all. 
Have a Jesus-centered Sunday.